Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com, WeatherTech, Hum by Verizon, RockAuto.com, and State Farm. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, John Davis. Oh, we're at, we're we're already started here. We haven't even begun the podcast. Hey, I'm John Davis. Welcome to MotorWeek Pod, Motor Podcast One Eight Nine. And the rowdy bunch around our table in Studio C at MotorWeek World Headquarters includes Brian Robinson, our writer-producer. The rowdiest of the, the rowdiest. rowdiest of them all. Online content coordinator Greg Carlos. The second rowdiest. Over-the-edge reporter Zach Maskell. How you doing? Easily the most rowdiest. <laughs> and video producer and editor of the least rowdiest, Joe Ligo. Hi. <laughs> Even that was underdone. All right, we have a lot of stories from the road, viewer questions, uh, rant and raves. Here we go. Let's start, though, with some of the cars, as we always do. The 2018 VW Jetta, and everybody want to pile on this one? In particular, uh, this is the uh, latest trim level, which is a little bit more than a trim level. Brian? Yeah, they, Jenna's been going back and forth between the, uh, you know, it's cheaper but doesn't handle as good now. Oh, now it handles better. Now it's back to the cheaper and uh, doesn't handle as good. Uh, they've they've go- basically taken away the independent rear suspension again. But uh, it looks great, and it, it drives plenty good for most people that would buy one. Uh, probably most impressed with the engine, just a little 1.4-liter turbo, but uh, it felt as good, if not better, than many 2-liters. Uh, it's never- bigger inside now. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, the last gen Jetta kind of or, uh, started the whole Volkswagen. We're going to make things bigger and cheaper uh, for the American market, and uh, yeah, this one continues that theme. Back in the good old days, when all Volkswagens basically had a beam rear axle, you know, we could go out to our track, and they would lift a wheel in in every slalom course that we could come up with. But they always handled better than almost anything else. Now, having said that, does this Jetta continue that kind of heritage, or do you feel that it lost a lot in going back to a a, a non-independent rear? Uh, like I said, it handles plenty good for most people. It's it's not far and above better uh, than like a Civic or whatever, because the new Civic, uh, I would put them pretty equal. Mm-hmm. You know, Greg. Yeah, I actually drove it last night, and um, I expected a little bit more from it uh, in the handling department. Like Robinson said, it doesn't handle poorly, but it's not up to the standards of a lot of the Volkswagens we have driven lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say that the fuel economy was was great on the highway. I was easily seeing in the 40s consistently. Um, it can get a little bit loud on the inside, Um but another maybe maybe it was just me or maybe the mood I was in. It is bigger on the inside, <laughs> uh, but it just like everything felt like dainty. If, if that's the really? word to me, yeah. That's like the door handles felt small in my hands. The uh. steering wheel was like light and feel and just like thin. The um, the side view mirrors were a little bit too small. I felt. I just felt like I was hawking out of this car. You're like Andre the Giant. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And it's weird because it, I know it is bigger, but to me it, it felt small. But again, I did just come out of an odyssey for a week. When so. you look at it, it looks so much like a Passat now. It's, yes. Uh, yeah, it's easy to get it them confused. But we have a Passat in right now at yeah. the same time. Yeah. Now, my, my complaint, I went at the Chicago Auto Show, I went to the Volkswagen Design Seminar or whatever, which was just 
an angry German guy telling us, this is not the golf. This is a jet. One of the journalists asked. He's like, well, what are the similarities between this and the golf? They are no similar. <laughs> but I, I went really, out there that speaks with an accent. We're going to give yeah. you Joe. We'll give out Joe's email. Potentially send it to offend a lot of people. I'm already offended. Any, <laughs> anyways, I the point I was trying to make is I like the styling of the previous generation a lot more. They the Golf and the Jetta had this sort of family feel going on. They had this. They looked like a nice, clean, crisp sheet of folded paper. This one, I I don't a know. A more I've, Asian influence in the I, body style. I, I guess I don't know. The styling just doesn't doesn't do it for me in this particular case, but. The the powertrain stuff, the point that Brian made earlier, yeah, it's it's a great little engine. But then your favorite car is a 1950s Nash. <laughs> well, yeah, you know. Anything you say holds no water. <laughs> Zach, any comments? Um, I'm, I took it for a quick spin. I haven't been able to spend a lot of time with it. Uh, I did notice the extra room. That was cool. And I once you said that, it started really making me think just a second ago. The Asian influence look about it in the back. It has a little Hyundai in it. Yeah, a little yeah. more swoopy. Yeah. And so once you said that, I, I really see that now. So, uh, I I like the car. I do also. I actually agree with Joe. I, I moving away from that kind of sharp edge Teutonic look that I equate with, you know, uh, Golfs and Jettas. You know, kind of makes me feel like they're giving in and, mm-hmm. and but i understand they want market share they want to go from two and a half to five percent in the u.s they've got to make their cars appeal more to americans so i get it i still think the car handles better than almost anything else in its class so it may be cheaper uh, underneath the skin but i'm not so sure you've given up that much i do think they've improved on the instrumentation and the infotainment system it doesn't certainly look doesn't still looks a little throwbackish but it's better the, yeah the digital gauges yeah. um i think that's I'm not sure if they're standard or an option, uh, but they look nice. Yeah, with like up level trim. Yeah, yeah it good. premium. I, I will say we have a VW. We have a lot of VWs in right now. We have a Golf Sport Wagon in right now, and I just had that, for which like we a all love. Four day weekend. I, mean, I, I have to say that. And it, that's if you gave me car. the choice between that or the Jetta, that that Golf Sport Wagon is a great little yeah. thing to scoot around. I just in. want seats in it. Yeah. I want more plush seats in that thing. And I'll hard, drive it every day. Very hard and short on the bottom cushions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to another car that is fairly controversial as well, and that's the 2019 Honda Insight. Uh, not to go too bad far back in history, but uh, the original Insight was a really weird little bucket, and uh, there was a second generation a that hybrid. mildly caught on as a hybrid. Now, uh, Honda has pretty much said, okay, if you can't beat the Prius, we're going to basically try and do something very, very similar. Uh, one and a half liter hybrid, uh, rather, one and a half liter gas engine with a hybrid electric powertrain, 151 horsepower, CVT trans. That all sounds very normal for a hybrid. They have started, however, with the Civic chassis instead of doing a clean sheet of paper, which I say, good for you, because they started with an excellent car. Yes. Do we finally have from Honda a real Prius Challenger, or is it too late? Uh, well, I would say no, because they actually went to a sedan body style, which Prius remains a hatchback. More useful. Um, and the fuel economy numbers still aren't there, and they're closer, but they're mm-hmm. still not there. Uh, they did go, the, the first two Insights had the IMA system, which was not a full not full hybrid. hybrid. Uh, this one is. This one is the same system that's in the Accord 2 motor system. And uh, the electric motors actually direct drive to the front wheels. 
Um, but then similar to the Chevy Volt, you can get direct engine power as well through an electronic CVT, not a traditional CVT. Yeah, it's very different. Um, but this is really more, it's almost more of an advanced hybrid like the Volt is than it is uh, a Prius. As Correct. far as you're almost always running on electric power. Correct. And yet it doesn't get as good a fuel economy. Yeah. But Zach knows a lot more. He's actually driven it. So uh, let's turn it to Zach. <laughs> uh, the instantaneous kick of the electric motor around town was immediately noticeable. Uh, I think it's it's a great job by Honda overall. I think the platform was certainly, um, you know, a good choice. And when, once you get up higher into the touring models, you get these fluid-filled compliance bushings, which certainly made a difference over bumps. I mean, I would almost certainly have to opt for that, I thought. So it was, you think this is a more sophisticated feeling uh, yeah, car? Yeah, and I think it's a little bit more enjoyable to drive. And uh, I kept throwing it in sport mode, of course, but uh, it was a little loud for me. It's way too loud. They need to um, uh, not, you know, do what they did with that. Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, noise wasn't really getting into the cabin too much, and uh, you know, it felt like pretty well balanced for what it was, and. Um, I don't know. We we didn't mind driving around for the couple of days that we had it. We shot a full road test, and uh, we really didn't mind being inside of it, whereas I can't say the same for other cars that are like it. You know, Priuses are not, even though they have electric assist, they're not known for their energy off the line. That was the first thing that you mentioned with the inside. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it really had more of a pure electric feel to it. Yeah, it did. And I think the whole CVT things and, you know, just everyone – we always used to really, I felt like, rant a couple years ago about, you know, non-standard transmissions as to where it's now becoming Normal. something, yeah, that I really didn't mind being in. So that was another thing that I could praise. But it is a different type of transmission. Yeah, like I say, the power comes from directly from the electric motors most of the time. The only time you get direct engine power is when a clutch in the eCVT kicks in at, like, highway speeds. Yeah. Um, the, I guess the overall question for me is like the original insight was huge at the time. Uh, second gen, which most people, even Honda would say was a failure. They tried to go cheaper mm -hmm. and this one, they've kind of made it a premium to slot in between the civic and, and the Accord, Accord, which also seems odd to me because it's basically the system you can get in the Accord with a smaller engine. Not to mention they have this whole Clarity lineup with a plug-in hybrid and a full EV. So, again, to me, it just it's If you were it a buyer, you'd be confused. Correct. It's going to be the odd man out again, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like they still won't – like they, they won't line up directly against a Prius. It's either a little bit cheaper or a little bit more expensive. Right, and I think they, that's, that was part of the reason they yeah, went to the sedan. They want right. to avoid that. Yeah, I this don't is, think they want to head-to-head yeah. competition As opposed either. to a Hyundai yeah. Ioniq, which said, and Prius, really, I'm coming for you. Which good, because they did With well. the Clarity, they've already got a direct competitor yeah. for the Prius. Okay, so the uh, judgment's still out on the inside. I think we can agree, though, it is a step up. And um, accoutrements from the um, Civic, but we'll see if their hybrid uh, finally has the right formula. Um, something that I want to talk about is there's two segments coming up, so they're not actually vehicles, but we've got the, uh, the producers right here. So I'm going to start with Zach. You've got an over-the-edge segment with BMW Impact and Radwood. You want to tell us what they are and what was your experience? What, what are we going to see? 
Yeah, so M-Pact, M-P-A-C-T. It's pretty much a BMW show on the Poconos in Pennsylvania. At the raceway. At the raceway. And it's also a car show. So not only is it a judge car show, there's 1,800-foot roll racing. There's uh, driver's training around the road course. There's a drift taxi. Um, it's just something going on the entire day. And I'm still not sure I've regained my hearing from two weekends ago. I mean, my ears were ringing. I should have took earplugs. I'm getting old, but it, it was just a blast, man. And just the fact that, you know, I've, I've been into M cars since, you know, forever. The E30 M3 got me hooked and that's pretty much what this show kind of pays homage to the, the M3 line. And of course now we have the M4 and there were other, you know, Cars welcome. There were uh, 800 horsepower Supras. There was an Audi R8 V10 supercharged. He took some little kid for a ride. His dad just asked if he could. So I mean, it's just one of those one of those places that you just want to be at. Everyone was just so pumped and amped to be there. And it wasn't just people walking around looking at cars. There was action going on. So you'd walk up, check out some roll races, go look at all the cars sitting there, being waited to be judged, and go around. So there's just something to do the whole day. I need, I need stuff going this, on. This is the first car show. I've ever seen you come back from that you were genuinely excited about. <laughs> and I take it it's because you did a whole lot more than just walk around and look. It also might be because I got to drive the guy who puts it on, uh, Jason. I got to drive his Turbo E46 M3. And Turbo E46 Ms to me have just been like the holy grail for like the longest time. And it's just funny. I've never actually driven one before. And then I got in there and it was pretty much everything that I wanted that I wanted it to be. is huge precision uh, Turbo 6266, I think. So, you know, once you're up past like 555, it just kicks you in the face and then you're gone. So he let me drive that thing, and uh, it was I just had a blast. That made your day. Radwood. Oh, yeah. Uh, Radwood, I think it started in California, Greg. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, shout out to my friend there, Bradley, Brow- Bradley Brownell. Uh, kind of hooked us up on that one, or at least uh, turned me on to it. And I've seen it, and I'm sure you got to know a lot more about it. But everything I can tell, you're going to have a blast because it's all about cars from, like, the late 80s, early 90s. <sighs> But it's like all you like everybody, dress up like yeah, everybody gets into yeah, it. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, you yeah, show yeah. up there and you're stepping back into it. It's a the costume 90s. party. It's yeah, like yeah, a exactly. poor man's we, uh, Goodwood, right? Is that the deal? I think so. Essentially, yeah, and that's yeah, what they're yeah. trying to rad, make it. They and don't. Lots of colors. <laughs> yeah, it's super rad, super analog. Um, you know, fanny just packs, fanny packs. Pants. I got my parachute pants. Everyone with their bag phones. I got my checkered vans. I mean, I'm I'm amped. Like I I cannot wait, and I absolutely love 80s and 90s cars as it is. Was it? It sounded me so that. Coming up this weekend. This is uh, their first East Coast, first East Coast one. The California one's taking off crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, it's huge. And I I think that's pretty much what this thing is supposed to be. They don't want it to be a bunch of you know rich guys. They want it to be you know you've kind of probably saved up for this car and you know you've put a lot of of your own um, you know elbow grease and time and and love into it. So I think maybe it's it's gonna you're just gonna kind of feel that passion more, more of a connection with the owners and stuff like that, especially with the stuff that you're really sounds like Comic Con meets car show or something like that. I mean, it's like is is it at Road Atlanta, right? Yeah, Yeah. part of Grid Life too. Part of Grid Life. Should be pretty awesome. I, I hope I get to help edit the video for your Radwood segment. Because... Start thinking about music like now. Oh, oh yeah. I just, I, it's, I am so. Start pumped. thinking about better music. <laughs> so, yeah. I, Consult with uh, Benny D and myself, and we'll figure it out. I was gonna say I'm so pumped to see '80s and and '90s cars finally kind of get their due in the the collector show circuit. Um, 
It's just uh, so many. They might not be the fastest cars out there. They weren't the fastest, that's for sure. But it's some of them. Some of the designs and stuff are so wacky and so cool. I can't wait to see what you come back with. Mm. That's it's going to be good. All right, to a segment that I'm envious about, Brian. I've been to Sturgis, but not when the uh, the motorcycle rally was going on, and it reminded me of a motion picture back lot with all these buildings that were completely lifeless. Uh, I think there was one bar and one hotel that was open. You, however, have been to the motorcycle rally, and you not only went there, you rode across country to get there on a bike. And you survived. And you survived. Tell us about My the man. experience. The uh like you say, the town really comes alive first week of August. Uh, it's the biggest motorcycle rally by far in the U.S. Quite possibly the biggest event in the U.S. Between four and five hundred thousand. Four and five hundred people. Thousand people come, uh, yeah, every year, and it's hard to estimate. The thing I didn't realize: there's the town of Sturgis, which, if you go there, you know the streets are packed with thousands of motorcycles. But if you go anywhere outside of it, within like a fifty mile radius, every town in that area is packed full of bikes. Every hotel, every campground, every farmer's field. I mean, everywhere you go, there's motorcycles, and they're on the I think road. There's more everywhere. people than there are in the state, almost. It's, I'm sure. Yeah, the population doubles. <laughs> yeah, where exactly is Sturgis? To the it's uh, southwestern South Dakota, not too far from Custer, which mm-hmm. is near where uh, the uh, big presidents on the Rock are at Mount Rushmore. I'm glad you asked because I was also wondering. The same okay, day. thanks. Okay. okay, cool. Because I saw your pictures; and they looked awesome. And but I think everyone hears about you know the all the bikers there and all the partying and all that, which is a you part just of get it. There and it's pillow fights, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, what I didn't get is just all the great roads in that area. I there mean, are a lot ride of all roads. day long. Yeah. Everywhere you go, beautiful roads and nothing but bikes on them. And uh, you know, then they party all night. There's tons every night for ten nights. They got bands playing uh, all over the place. And uh, if you've never been to South Dakota, you don't realize what the wide open country is like. It's not yeah. quite Wyoming. But yeah, it's, it is, close. it's pretty close. It's close. But yeah, it's one. It's like Mardi Gras. Everyone should experience it once. Um, you know, once you have, and then you, never again. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say that. But, uh. <laughs> no, I think he's ready That's to Vegas go back. For me. I think yeah. he's ready. Now, to what, go back. what about the bike you took? Uh, I rode an Indian Roadmaster. I always said I would never go unless I could, you know, ride out there. I don't want to just show up out there. Which an Indian uh was happy enough uh to supply me with a roadmaster to ride out there uh put about 2000 miles on it over 3 days and uh yeah i kind of i, I kind of felt like i cheated though i mean i've ridden cars that aren't that comfortable so <laughs> i was like looking forward to like all the biker cred i would earn right. and then i was like but it wasn't you know and you show it. up and they think oh you yeah, it was like super it, comfortable didn't you you didn't even stay in a hotel or anything no no just camped did you have a tent? No. You're Didn't see. That's what I'm talking about. Slept on the ground. He thinks that he cheated because he drove a comfortable <laughs> motorcycle 2,000 miles. But he didn't stay in a motel. And he, he doesn't see, even stay in, in the tent. He's my I idol. Swear the Cowboys did it. I'm, I'm riding my steel horse out there. Coming up soon on Motor Week. <laughs>
That'll be cool. All right, we're going to move on to our viewer question. It won't be nearly as entertaining. But Jerry from West Bend, Wisconsin, he asks, I own and maintain rural properties and use my Subaru Outback to haul tools and supplies. I'll soon have 150,000 miles. I want something quicker, more comfortable on the highway. Still need all-wheel drive and room for cargo. I'm toying with the idea of a Volvo or Mercedes wagon, but reliability is a concern. Any suggestions from the group at the table has he not heard of suvs or pickup trucks i mean, <laughs> I mean some people the volvo lower to the ground <laughs> no i understand but i mean <laughs> pretty much every suv out there would satisfy those criteria i even a new outback which you yeah. you know which is a little bit bigger than probably the one he's got yeah uh, right, but we yeah. had some other suggestions before we went uh, on the air we were talking about uh, that uh, golf sport wagon we've got. right the golf is maybe a little smaller than the outback but it's as I was oh, saying I earlier, I, it's plenty of room, plenty of power, and you know, a very likable car if you can handle the seats being a little harder. Or just a higher he, – he, he said – I trimmed down his email because it was a couple paragraphs. He also said he wants some kind of like a little bit nicer, more luxurious. I said you could get an Outback in a higher trim level than maybe the one he has now. Here's the thing. Sense. You've got an Outback. You've got the VW, which has got an incredible warranty. If you go the route – Jerry of a uh, Volvo V70, which I love, and I used to own one, uh, or Mercedes. Just be looking at a lot more maintenance costs when you get beyond the warranty. I mean, you're going to get, you're going to pay for it. You know, oil changes are expensive. All their preventive maintenance is expensive. That's going to be true of just about any European car, with the possible exception. Of the, and you mentioned it, Joe, the Tourex from yes, Newark, the Buick Regal Tourex Opal. Yes, it's a little. I don't know exactly the interior space versus an Outback, but the Torx at least looks a little bigger. Similar size. Yeah. yeah. And it has all-wheel drive standard, I believe. In the Torx. Yes, yes, with the name Torx. Right. And it's a likable enough wagon with I lots of room. I think it's actually very pretty. Oh, wild card, the Toyota Venza, do they still make that? Yes, they still do, I believe. Yeah. yeah. I think they do. I don't, I'm not sure it's going to come back, but I think it is still made. If I'm not, not sure. I, don't think, I don't think they made it. I think they, they stopped production that. a couple. So that was made you in could get a, You could There's get a used so one. There's so many of them around. Yeah, I see them all yeah. the time on the So road. you could get a used Venza. Yeah. Yeah, super comfortable, surprisingly luxurious. And the Camry's 3.5 liter six in there. It's basically a Camry Thanks, wagon. Yeah. That was a nice pool. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're buying it used, you know, you'll save some money. Uh, rant and raves. I've got a quick one. It's nothing new, but just lately it's just getting on my nerve. Nice. Just how dumb do Whoa, tailgaters oh, think <laughs> the people in front of them are? I mean, every time you go out now, you've got some jerk on your tail. Usually so close to you, you can't see the emblem on the grill. And they, and they beep think, you before they, the light even turns they green. They you're going, and they, in that case too, they think you're going to get intimidated and move out of their way when in reality you're probably going to slow down. You know, they have no, no concept of stopping power because so many of them now are in full-size pickup trucks. You're in a car. You can stop in, you know, 20% less distance. How dumb do they think everybody else is? Or is there? am I missing something? No. When you buy these vehicles, do you get a stupid card license with it? Wow. I like this brand. I, I drove that, I drove that Nissan Z. This did not the, come for me, people. I drove this that Nissan Z the other weekend, which is a manual, and I was in a pretty hilly town. And, you know, you're at a, stop, you're at a stoplight doing this. And here's this guy getting as close as he oh, can yeah. behind you. And you're like, oh, come on, buddy. Like, I think they need to raise I, speed limits. I think people need to raise speed limits. Raise. Oh, that's a good one. And your rationale? <clears throat> Too slow. I mean, uh, okay. 
Well, it, see, I, I don't know. Different speeds gonna, for different lanes, maybe, like it, the Chinese yeah, do. It comes back to just teaching, making sure people know how to drive. And I'm going to try and be up or um, give people the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they just don't know the rules. Yeah. Or I, how long it will take them the to case. stop. That's, that's I what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. I think they'd be just largely clueless. Yeah, I, you I just, see people in the left lane just cruising along like they, like they don't understand. Well, that that's, the other, that's the other thing, you know, 50 mile an hour and a 60 yeah. mile an hour. And then God forbid the you pass. So another thing I noticed, like driving to Ocean City, is even if you are, everybody's doing the right thing. You have somebody in the right lane game going slow and you're making the pass on the left. There's something about humans that they don't like being passed almost every time. It's like, I'm I'm going to pass you at 70, 75, and now it's 80. And it's like, come on, man. Everybody's cool. It's not like I'm not – it's not a personal attack on you. I'm just going a little bit faster. going a little bit faster than you are. I I think that they should do for everybody what they do with seniors, that, like, you have to get your driver's license – renewed every couple years or something. You know, every Take the driver's test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you also get a, your insurance premium goes down. I'd be all for that. Get tested every couple years, your premiums go down. Well, you know, they don't even, in our state of Maryland now, they don't even give you a driver's test. No, it was. They don't do parallel parking. You yeah, get a driver's yeah. test, but you don't have to parallel park. Oh. I can't believe what people do. You know, I'm always checking my rear view, and I, if I see, you know, an ambulance or something coming from way back, I'll do, like, the smartest sure. thing at the get moment. Over. Where other people literally just slam on their brakes, like in the left lane. If like the next two are open, they'll just slam on their brakes in that lane. Driver etiquette. Ew. Driver education. I'm not sure either one of those words apply anymore. Yeah, I had an ambulance like three or four cars back the other day, and then I pulled over, and then everyone just passed me. <laughs> <laughs> like, there goes an ambulance back there, but that's all right. We got places to go. Of course, I like the guys that will uh, tuck in behind the ambulance and go as fast yeah, as they're that, trying me. to use them as to break their crowd up. <laughs> Slipstream. Right. I think I started something, oh, and now goodness. I'm going to end it all. <laughs> Thank you very much for uh, tuning in and watching and listening to our Motor Week podcast. Uh, it's been my pleasure to be here today with Brian Robinson, Greg Carlos, Zach Maskell, and Joe Ligo. And for all of you that are our fans, we thank you very much. Be sure to catch MotorWeek, the television series, on your local public television station and on Velocity Cable Channel. You can go onto our website, MotorWeek.org, pull down at the top, and you'll see our schedule uh, tab. And we can, you can find us anywhere, almost in the world, that uh, has television. Thanks to everybody around the table. Thanks to you again. And we hope to see and hear you soon on Motor Week. You've been listening to the podcast of Motor Week, television's original automotive magazine. Motor Week is made possible by TireRack.com, WeatherTech, Hum by Verizon, RockAuto.com, and State Farm. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at motorweek.org. And watch MotorWeek, television's longest-running automotive magazine series, each week on your local PBS station.